What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Self Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook. Uh, it's just me today with our guest. Delaney couldn't make it, but I am telling you, this episode is, I think, um, one of my favorites that we've recorded. I know we recently did an episode on communication in relationships, and this is kind of a follow-up to that, but with an actual couple on the show, which I'm, I was thinking back on our show the last five years, and I don't know that we've had a couple come on together on our show before. And um, so I had my friends Rachel and Kevin on who met while they were in 12-step programs. And they have the most, they're, they're engaged now, they have one of the most beautiful, healthy relationships I have ever witnessed. And Rachel and I have become um, friends this past like year or two. And she, like anytime that we would talk about relationship stuff, she always had the most wise advice. I think I had ever heard. I joke on the episode that she kind of has become like a relationship coach for me because the tools that she and Kevin have learned through their 12-step programs are just, I mean, they're invaluable. They're endlessly helpful. And it made me realize like, I, unless you're in a 12-step program, this knowledge isn't really out there that much for people. At least I hadn't heard of any of it until I started talking to Rachel. So, um, you know, full disclosure, I'm, I'm not in a 12-step program, but I think what we wanted to try and say in this episode is that even if you're not, these tips are helpful for anybody, um, especially if you are in a romantic, a romantic relationship or want to be in one um, they're just, they're the best. They're a great couple. So, 
I hope you guys enjoy this episode. You know I'm on tour right now. This is coming out beginning of April. So this weekend, I'm in Las Vegas at the Laugh Factory. It's my birthday weekend. I'm so excited to have shows there. It's uh, If you've known me or my comedy for a while, you know that Vegas is like one of my favorite places on the planet, which I know makes me trash and I don't care. I just, I love that city so much. So I will be there and then I will be in Austin in a couple weeks for Moon Tower Comedy Festival. And then I'll be at the San Diego American Comedy Club at the end of this month, April 29th and 30th. And so much more after that. Um, Tampa, May 12th through 14th. I just had a date added for um, Flappers in Burbank. So all my LA helpsters, I know a lot of you have been asking where in the LA area I'll be performing. So Thursday, May 19th, I will be at Flappers in Burbank. And then the 21st, I'll be in Bakersfield, which is about an hour and a half outside of LA. Um, Boston at the end of May. And I'm recording my special at Comedy Works in Denver, June 18th. So please get those tickets I can't wait to have you guys there. I can't wait to record this special. And I, I think that's it in terms of announcements. So I'm going to go ahead and get into this interview with Rachel and Kevin. All right. I am so excited to be joined by my friends, Rachel and Kevin, who are also newly engaged. So congratulations to you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks. Yes. Um, so you're guys' love story has popped into my mind several times. And in particular, Rachel has become like a basically like a relationship coach for me because <laughs> you are full of so much knowledge that I hadn't I mean I've been doing a self-help podcast now for almost five years and you have said things to me multiple times where I go, wait, what is that? I've never even heard of it before. And then you explain it and it blows my mind. So I wanted to have you guys on and um, have you share these tools that you've shared with me to our uh, listeners, because I just feel like whether you're in a 12-step program or not, uh, I feel like everybody can resonate with the things that you guys are able to teach. So um, to start, do you guys want to talk about how you guys met and that whole love story kind of a thing? Yeah. Sure. You want to go first? Sure. Yeah. Uh, first off, thanks for having us on. It's a real, real pleasure. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we met in uh, in the rooms, they say, so in, the, in a 12-step program, in the recovery program. And, uh, you know, for me, I was at the time practicing, like, how do I have more platonic friendships with women? So it was oh. like the first time we hung out, I think, like after a comedy show, it was like, hey, just so you know, like, I don't date women in this program, like hard no for me. Uh, and so <laughs> and Rachel her, was like, that sounds like a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fucking see about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This shows again how often I can be wrong. So. <laughs> uh, okay, so interesting. You made that clear right yeah. out the gate. So okay. there's a real hard boundary. And then, yeah, we just got to know each other as friends for the first few months. Mm -hmm. So we were... Uh, you know, just hanging out as friends, having brunch, going to arcades and stuff like that. And um, in a group setting and individual. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So yeah, that was how I started to get to know you. And yeah. Take it from there. And same. So like I, when he told me that I was like, that's amazing. Cause I was same was like, I was not looking to date anybody in program. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just became more obvious to me the more I got to know him as a friend and I had never dated somebody that I knew before. It was like oh. blinders on. I am here to date someone. And that's like my purpose. Yeah. Whereas then getting to know this person as a friend, I'm like, Oh my God, he's so fun. I enjoy being with him a lot. 
And after a few months, I was honest and I said to him, hey, my, I'm having feelings here and uh, I'm right. curious how you feel. Uh, and that's kind of how it started. So you brought it up first. I brought it up first. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And Kevin, were you at that point kind of also feeling that way and hoping that oh, maybe yeah. something would be said? Yeah. yeah <laughs> Rachel's like, yeah, yeah he fucking was. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just a funny synchronicity thing uh, of like, and I think even if you don't mind me sharing, like she'd sent me like a journal entry and I sent her one back and we were essentially saying the same thing of like, oh. I'm trying to be friends with this person, but damn sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> entry about each other like the day before like the same day it was really cute oh, my heart god that's the sweetest thing i've ever heard what are you guys but, a fucking movie this is amazing uh, oh but it was tricky for me too because i was still kind of conflicted about like ah i don't want to date and program um and you know you just got out of a, a, a sort mm-hmm. of a dating thing with someone else so i took like i think a few weeks of like let me just cool the jets and then I think like within two weeks I asked her out and yeah. And we've he was been like, do you want to go on a date with me? I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. <laughs> and Rachel, I mean, also props to you for making yourself that vulnerable to say that you were feeling feelings is more than a friend, because I'm sure you also really valued the friendship itself at that point. And that's so scary to be like, well, I'm going to put myself out there, but there's a chance maybe they aren't feeling this way too. And then I'm going to lose them as a friend and as a potential romantic prospect. Yeah. It was really scary, but it was more worth it to me to take the risk and just be honest with how I was feeling. Yeah. Oh, incredible. Okay. <laughs> I'm like going to just be girling out all episode because it's just, <laughs> it's just so cute. So then once you guys started dating, did you continue to stay in these 12-step programs together? Yeah. So for me, it was really important that I continued on my own recovery, right? I had been, so I I do want to say I had been in um, a 12-step program in therapy for years, Mm 12-step program for a few years. I had a couple years of sobriety, as we call it, under my belt. Uh Um, And so it was important for me that like, I want, uh, I was looking for a partner that was also, uh, willing to get help. Right. I not necessarily 12 step, but had their own recovery in terms of therapy or like willing to, you know, talk about certain topics. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to continue in 12. I did. Right. I continued in yeah. 12 step and my own therapy. Cause that, I mean, you want to describe how you, what, what a relationship is like for you with your character defects, how they, Oh, that yeah. That phrase that you use. <laughs> oh, what is it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So there's a saying in some of the rooms that say, like, if you want to, we have, so let me back up. They have these things called character defects or defects of character. And it's things like, where am I being selfish or am I being manipulative or all the sort of things I do that I can justify in my head, but if I'm kind of unconscious about it, right? So if I. Yeah, your shadow work, self. Your shadow oh, self. Yeah. 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 So I do the step work, I become aware of them. Doesn't mean they go away immediately, but now I'm like, oh, that's coming up again. Got it. Right. So my experience is like, you know, solo me, uh, not in a relationship, things are like going pretty well and like cooking along, I'm like, cool, like this stuff works and it, and it does. But there's a saying that says like, if you really want to have like miracle grow put on your character defects, get into a relationship. And then it's like, <laughs> whoa, all this new stuff's coming up. I thought I was good. Like yes. I thought I was done growing and, you know, we're just never done. But, no. but yeah, so that's, that's what you're referring to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it really holds yeah. a mirror up to these things yeah. that 
if you aren't in one, you can think that maybe you're further along than you are in your personal growth. And I do think it's important to have those times in life when you are on your own and, and working on yourself. But you're right. Like, sometimes it does take having somebody else around to be like, hey, like, that shit is... Uh... <laughs> it's, it's still there. Yeah, going great. Yeah, it's yeah. still there. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And for me, it was important, too, that realizing I, I try and look at it from the mindset of like how grateful I am to have a partner that shines a light on some or that triggers me in certain ways because mm-hmm. it's giving me an opportunity to heal these right. things that still were kind of like, you know, residual under there that I didn't know. Yeah. Um, as you guys have gone further, further and further into your relationship, do you feel like those sort of character defect things have Less like I, I think a big thing in relationships is if something isn't improved upon, it can become a point of resentment, and um, rather than getting better, it can get worse because it's like repeatedly getting brought up. Do you guys find ways to like how do you gently tell the other, hey, like I feel like that is a thing that's hurting me or bothering me without the person feeling threatened or attacked? Can I? Yeah, go ahead. So one of the things that um, we started doing very early on in the relationship, just a couple months in, was uh, attending like a 12-step together, like Mm -hmm. as a couple, um, which then opened up my eyes to all the different ways of communication in a relationship. And so... I, that helped me immensely. It gave me uh, words to use in yeah. when I was in conflict. Um, and so one of the things that they talk about is inventory taking. Yeah. And inventory taking is never speaking for my partner, um, never telling him how he's feeling or how he's showing up or something he's doing is wrong. Keep the focus on myself. Communicate my feelings, right? Yeah. Um, And in turn, I can communicate facts, right? So if Kev had done something that hurt my feelings, I can say, hey, my feelings were hurt this way. You know, I think I would better receive this information or whatever it might be this way instead. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, totally agree. And there's some kind of strict guidelines around just words, like how to communicate this stuff. And I can feel for myself, I can feel like I'm six again, like stumbling over my words, just like. Instead of like going like, I feel like this is you did it. It's like, okay, I feel uh, uh, angry <laughs> when yeah. blank, you know, it's frustrating. Cause it's like, <laughs> I have all these sort of like adults. I like to think witty sort of ways of thing, saying things. Uh, yeah. It's like really like bare bones stick to like truly my side of the street is tough. 
Yeah. Um, and then just one additional thing, I keep you'd ask like if things have changed and totally like through working these like kind of steps and, and tools. Um, yes, yeah, stuff shifts. I think the best mm -hmm. way I can describe it is just kind of like seasons, but like as a real quick example, like pandemic hit, I was going through a tough time. We're already in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Rach is on this like online comedy show and it's taking off. And I'm a musician who like still is trying to get like a healthy relationship with that. And there's still some validation seeking in there and like music shut down. Yeah. So crazy jealous and having a really tough time with it. And like, I just learned like very messily too, but like that's shifted for me over like the last couple of years and it's really been lifted and, and changed in a big way. So there's lots yeah. of mini examples like that, but it's, mm -hmm. I think the cool thing in a very broad strokes is like by keeping the focus on myself, not inventory taking. And like when this craziness in me comes up, going to like my sponsor and my fellows, like keeping it within my recovery community outside the partnership, it just really gives me a path to where like eventually, you know, whether it's six months or a year or whatever, uh, this stuff does shift. It's been my experience. Yeah. And I just want to say something a little extra on that as far as taking it to outside help. Like I say, I don't take my crazy into the relationship. Like <laughs> this is not a place where my crazy belongs, right? I try and bring my best version of self. Don't always do it, but <laughs> at least I have the awareness that I try and I talk to my friends. I talk to my fellows. I like get all this crazy that's in here out there. So then that way, then I can come back as a more calm person and be like, Hey, this is what was going on for me. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, you and my, you and me going back and forth and text messages when I'm like trying to type up something that I like want to say to somebody <laughs> and you have been so sweet and so like delicate with how you will revise things for me. You'll be like, I, I like how this sounds. Let's try and change this part. It's <laughs> like a little bit of finger pointing or just like, it, but it's interesting because text especially is tough. And I'm, that is one thing I have learned more through you. And of course it's harder in things like a long distance relationship, but, um, how much tone can be misinterpreted in text and just the importance of like really, really trying to be careful how you are phrasing things and thinking about, Hey, could this be taken any other way? And, um, Kevin, you mentioned keeping your side of the street clean. That was another term and tool that I had not heard of until Rachel, you and I started talking. And it is such a freeing way to go about things. And I think if both, if you are in a relationship where both partners are doing that, that's huge. If you can both always just be doing your best and communicating in a way that keeps, like you guys say, your side of the street clean, it's huge. Yeah. And honestly, even coming back, so things can get messy at times, but then being able to uh, apologize and own up for my side of, you know, the street, mm -hmm. um, yeah, has been just enormously helpful to realize, like, I don't want expectations on him and like how I want him to apologize, but like, no, you know what? I said this or acted this way. I'm sorry that I, I was like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we just now, you know, had touched on like keeping your side of the street clean and stuff like that. Can we go through basically the list of tools that you guys use that you guys have learned and that, uh, Rachel, you've been teaching me cause I just think they're <laughs> fascinating. Um, so you were talking about inventory taking, mm -hmm. do you want to talk about future tripping? 
Yeah, even with inventory taking, one thing that I actually just uh, found out, and it's so funny that new like definitions of the tools like can come up at times. Recently, I'd found out that inventory taking can also be like, if we're trying to have a conversation that's around a hot topic, if I roll my eyes, that's inventory taking. That's not nice, right? You don't oh, have right, right. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So right. like just body language and like huffing and puffing, things like that um, can be described as inventory taking. But future tripping, a lot of these tools too were so important in the earlier stages of dating because that's when I could feel more most codependent and maybe I might start shifting into like a chameleon of noticing, oh, Kev really likes this, so I'm going to pretend to like this too. Or, you know, just I meet him and I think he's great, so I'm already tripping out about thinking like, oh, but – what, when he meets my family, like, how are they going to show up? Is he going to like them or like envisioning a wedding or things? Yeah. And so we call that future tripping because I'm not in the present, right? I'm focused on what's ha- going to happen, but like, that's yeah. all in my head. It's all fantasy. None of it exists today. Right. Right. Yeah. Just being present. Mm-hmm. All of that. Um, how about, this is something we got into a little bit right before we started recording, and I hadn't heard this one yet from you about no hot topics in the car. Yeah, we learned that, or I learned <laughs> that one the hard way a couple times. I think yeah. like we were looking at places to live at one point, and this one place we checked out, we were just like totally opposite. We're like, I loved it. I hated it. What are you talking about? And like, yeah, yeah. it just went kind of rogue. And I think we were like stumbling those ways. It, we've talked, you know, just one quick, quick tangent, like by bringing this stuff to community and other people, uh, that's just been so helpful to get feedback on this sort of stuff. Mm, so we yeah. talked about that, uh, with some other people and they're like, yeah, you know, we have this rule where we don't do hot topics in the car. And it's like, we're going to steal that. Cause that's amazing. And it just really helps <laughs> yeah. if, like, if the, if the barometer gauge is going up in the car, one of us has gotten better about now. I've just been like, yeah, let's, let's just table this. Like it's not going anywhere good. Yeah. And like, we, we do that today. Whereas if we're starting to talk about something could be very, you know, um, not a hot topic at all, but if one of us starts getting (laughs) engaged, right. (laughs) Or like our, our feelings are getting a little bit higher on it. The, uh, one of us will notice that most times and call like, yeah, take a timeout or we call it a moratorium. Does just say, Hey, Actually, we're in the car. Can we hold off on this topic? Like, oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for, you know, recognizing <laughs> that we're, you know, in the car. Yeah. Yeah. The car is such a, like an incubator. It's just this. Yeah. yeah there's no room. Nobody can just like take a breath and get space if they need it. It's, it's a pressure cooker. Yeah. Pressure cooker. Definitely. To the max. <laughs> yeah. Um, you also mentioned almost daily check-ins. So can you describe what those are? Yes. So aspire to have daily check-ins. Kev <laughs> likes to say almost daily check-ins. Yeah. Um, it's a way for me to clean the slate, right? I like even this morning, right? We, we stayed over, um, babysat my brother's kids, had to wake up and do the school run. That's not normal. Like I, I've done that very rarely. So like yeah. I woke up, didn't sleep great. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I'm able to kind of then say, hey, uh, I'm on code orange right now. Right. Getting towards red alert where I am just going <laughs> to. And so yeah. just letting him know, hey, I'm right there. And so I didn't sleep well um, to just clean the slate. So my partner is, you know, knows that, hey, I'm I'm 
right now, like I'm touchy, I'm sensitive. So you could go easy on me. And yeah, yeah, I think all that. And like the other thing too is, you know, within 12 stuff, they use the word God a lot and there's a real focus on spirituality and, you know, that's a whole other topic, but uh, it is a chance for me anyways, just to invite some sort of like higher power universe energy into the relationship. And that's been a really cool, that's a first for me in, in the context of a relationship is like, yeah. oh, it's not just up to us. It's like two imperfect humans. There's like this higher power spiritual solution thing we can go to when mm-hmm. it feels like, ah, I don't know what to do here. So it, that di- almost daily check-in is a chance to invite that power, whatever it is sort of thing in as well. So it's you guys kind of, do you usually do it at night? No, no, no mornings. Mornings. And it's saying how you are feeling in the relationship kind of over the course of the last 24 hours. Like if there's anything that's happened that has bothered you or like, is it trying to make sure resentments don't, don't build? Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. Um, For me, there's a couple different ways to do it. It's the the daily ones are a little bit more informal. It's just like, oh, this is how I'm feeling today. This is kind of what's going on for me today. Um, If there is a topic that might have been a little bit more sensitive or that I feel is unresolved, um, I might ask for more of a formal uh, meeting of two together Mm -hmm. to say, hey, can we sit down and actually I want to talk about my feelings around this and um, I'm able to speak without being interrupted. And then he does the same thing. And we kind of take turns talking about a specific topic. Yeah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. How do you, speaking of interrupting, how do you navigate that in your guys' communication? Is there anything specific with the 12-step programs that deals with like not interrupting? or I just feel like that is such a quick way that arguments and relationships can escalate as if both people keep interrupting. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, again, being kind of centered in recovery, 12 steps, like there's a kind of a strict format that most meetings follow of like, there's a share it's timed. And then people do usually three minute shares. So there's kind of that groundwork of respect of just like, and also, uh, sorry, I'm jumping over my words, uh, no crosstalk. So like no interrupting, no referencing other people's shares. Like it's very, uh, focused and just like, again, keeping the focus on ourselves, sharing our experience, strength and hope. So bringing that like kind of in the relationship, I think that kind of helps just sort of be sort of a, uh, a platform sort of thing. Like I'm sure we interrupt yeah. each other from time to time, but it hasn't, at least my experience, it hasn't been like a big thing. Mm-hmm. And when there are big topics, there's more of like a formal, what we call meeting a two, where it's actually like, we can pull out a timer and it's kind of like a meeting where it's like, yeah, <laughs> get a one minute warning and then like wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> 
And and for me, it's the consideration, right? Like I know how much it's important to me to be heard and to be listened to. And so to try and give Kev that same consideration where I, even though sometimes I feel this urgency, like I just want to, I just want to respond. Whereas I know when I feel that urgency in, in me that I need something more formal. And as ridiculous as it sounds, it helps me so much to just sit there like, okay, he's got to talk for two minutes and I just have to sit here and listen, not think about what I'm going to rebuke and try and say Mm -hmm. after, but it's like, let me hear him out. And then, okay, let me communicate my feelings afterwards. And that structure has really helped me to not, because I used to, I mean, I used to be terrible in relationships, terrible. I was a horrible Um, partner. I wouldn't want to been in a relationship with me. I was fun. (laughs) But like, you know. <laughs> good so, time, Rachel. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good time. But you know, <laughs> so funny. Yeah, you also talking about the code orange thing and how you were letting Kev know to kind of go easy on you, like that you had had a rough night. I feel like in Kevin's position, that's also helpful too. That maybe you were like being a little more on edge and uh, not really acting like yourself. I think for Kevin, that can help to, to not take something personally. Cause mm. I know I've appreciated it in relationships. If somebody is, yeah, like in kind of a bad mood, something's happened and just them saying, by the way, if I seem on edge today, it's not you has nothing to do with you. I'm just going through this. Like that makes such a huge difference because I think if you're prone to anxiety, it's easy to turn inward and be like, Fuck, mm. did I like, yeah, yeah wrong, really. and I didn't realize. I think that's really, really cool to say, hey, just so you know, this has nothing to do with you. And for someone to like, you know, if I ask Kev genuinely, like, hey, how are you feeling? Um, if I get a response from a partner, I don't think you've ever done this. I'm fine. But like, clearly the energy, I'm like, this motherfucker's <laughs> not fine. <laughs> right. you know what? But like, so there's times where like I might not be in the place to talk about it, to say, yeah. you know, to get into the details, but I'm just like, yeah, hey, something's going on with me. Like I'll I'll be able to talk about it here in a little bit. Can we that's another tool, act as if. Mm. Oh yes. I remember you telling me about that at one point, and I can't remember what specifically we were talking about, but can you get into act as if? Yeah, you wanna do it? Yeah. Um it's essentially like, at least my opinion is when it's when there's something going on or like maybe we've used another tool and called moratorium on it, but we have plans to go to the beach with friends that day. The idea is like, all right, let's just, let's like totally pause that topic as best we can and like go and have fun and come back to this later when even like the next day, maybe in like a week, whatever it is, like once we're cooler around it or once I'm cooler around it and can like actually communicate feelings and not inventory take. I think yeah. the whole idea with inventory taking too, there's really great literature around it that says like, yeah, when we're heightened, it's impossible. So like yeah. go use a tool, go call someone. Like it's, it's near impossible to not inventory take in those states. So like the acting as if is really like, okay, let's put this over here later and let's just go do our thing and have fun. And, and there's another principle of like courtesy, communication, commitment, like let's show up with that acting as if as best we can and then, and then come back to this later. Right. So acting as if everything is totally fine. Like pretending. Like I might be so annoyed with him, but I'm going to act as if I really like him in that moment. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're in public and you have things to do. And it's like, that is the adult thing to do, you know, Mm -hmm. is to like recognize, okay, I'm not feeling great about this person in this moment. But like Mm -hmm. we, it's about to be Thanksgiving dinner and we're not going to be the couple that like blows up the whole 
like evening for everybody. So we're just going to act as if, act as if everything's fine and then deal with it later. Yeah. And for me too, it's not like I'm so much, uh, it's not fake. So for like the Thanksgiving dinner, right? If I've, right. we've just had an argument and I'm, I've decided I'm going to act as if it's not like I'm like putting on this brave face for everyone to put yeah. to fake it. It's like, oh, I know he's my person. And that like, at the end of everything, he never would do or say or anything to really properly hurt me. And that I'm just annoyed in this moment for something. And that's okay. It's okay to be annoyed. I can take those annoyance and put it over here and still like celebrate my partner. And then even while acting as if they say the warmth of the relationship returns for me. So I'm acting like this and I'm like, okay, I, yeah, it's back. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But that is true. I think sometimes it's almost a blessing when you maybe do start to get into an argument with somebody and then you have to like go Mm. as a couple meet up with a group of friends or whatever plans you have, because it does kind of force the, um, the stovetop to be turned down to simmer instead of boil. And it's just kind of Mm. like, okay, it is forcing this to have more time to cool off. And then hopefully it's a little bit yeah Yeah. and actually being vocal about it has is super helpful because if i don't say hey i'm let's act as if or i'm gonna act as if i just might stew i might just be like this motherfucker and i'm just annoyed (laughs) you know yeah it's just like releasing that and saying it really just kind of eases it for me yeah and can you and i know we've been talking about inventory taking i think i was confused on what that was i thought it meant um like going into a fight being like you've done this you've done this you've done this is that what it is or is it something else yeah so it's, it's oh, okay I, I was also been confused about it there's like I, i've reread literature about it and really had to like I, i'm still learning about it so i'm trying to say yeah but like so there are a few levels like yeah there's the very blunt like you did this what's wrong with you sort of thing there's also like in my own thoughts, like they call them sort of like rumination or runaway thoughts of like, mm-hmm. oh, just do this. And if she would just do this, it would all be fine or I'll be great. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. And that can be inventory taking too. And the process I've imperfectly learned and, and I'm still learning is like when I'm triggered about something, what's going on in me? And like really they, they call mm-hmm. it in rooms, like um, putting down the uh, magnifying glass and picking up the mirror of like, okay, I'm having oh. feelings about blank. Why? Like, is this some childhood trauma stuff coming up? Probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's something else like, in me. Yeah. 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 There's something else in me that's like really upset about this. And how do I work my tools around that? Doesn't mean there's not still an issue, but at least my experience is like the issues like this and my history is like this. So like oh. how do I kind of right size myself to what's actually happening? So that, anyway, right. that's a long way of explaining like yeah, inventory taking can also just be these like sort of rumination, runaway thoughts, focusing on if my partner would be different or change versus accepting stuff as it is and like looking what's up with me. Like, why am I upset about this? Right. Got it. That makes sense. And um, but you're right too. Like when, when you and I kind of go back and forth with like text messages and stuff, I'm very um, particular with the word you, right? So if I'm sending a text message to him and it's saying you in it, I really try and get rid of that. Yes. Um, that's for me an indicator that I'm about to inventory taking. Or if I say, I feel like I'm about to express an opinion, not my own feeling. So that's right. also an indicator that I'm going to take his inventory. Yeah. That's been a big one talking with you about, about, you know, Hey, I'm about to text this person. I'm kind of feeling this way about 
about something. How do you feel about this text? And yeah, it's, you're so right. Anytime it says you, even if I were to be saying it over the phone or in person and it wouldn't, the tone wouldn't be in an attacking way, text just comes off very, mm-hmm. like you are totally pointing a finger and sounding more harsh than you mean to a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about closed systems? Yeah. So that early on in dating, so they talk about open and closed systems Mm -hmm. so that when I'm first dating someone, um, it's important for me that uh, I still have my own friends and my own activities and that I'm using uh, tools and therapy and other ways to like, uh, and I have hobbies and everything else and that everything's not just in the relationship. Um, Do you want to describe like closed system stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, you know, I'm in a relationship program and a big part of like what they call the characteristics of that is like, I'll make a partner, my higher power, or I'll like seek like is sex just to like numb my feelings and use it as a drug, all that sort of stuff. And so, uh, the more I get into that, like addiction, the the smaller my world gets, like mm-hmm. I, I lose contact with friends, like you mentioned mm-hmm. and, and all this sort of stuff. So the, the open system is, is really about like, uh, they talk a lot about top lines and program self-care, all that sort of stuff of like, and for me, that was like having a good fitness routine, going on hikes with friends, trying out stuff I haven't done before. Like one of the things we did early on, we were you know, still getting to know each other as friends is this thing called dance church, which I miss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's this crazy group in Silver Lake that like it's a hundred people in a room. They all just like, it's free form dance. It's totally crazy it's and church. sweaty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not actually church, but it's like, wild. And it was like, that was part of my like recovery was like do stuff and be out in the world and trying weird stuff. And like, I guess the best way I can describe it is like just having a vibrant life on my own and recovery terms. They talk about like having a relationship with, you know, higher power, God, whatever it is, and then self and then others too. So it's like, do I maintain that while I'm now in a partnership or, you know, the, my thing, I I have the enmeshment thing. So like, how do I, you know, I have to really be careful about, am I like, totally like forgetting all that good stuff that I've worked really hard for in recovery mm-hmm. and like yeah. just focusing on this person and getting all my needs met that way versus all the recovery stuff I talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Have either of you read the book, the artist way? Mm. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Did I did. Uh, yeah. Like a year ago. Yeah. It's great. Nice. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I know our listeners are probably rolling their eyes. Cause I bring it up every like three episodes <laughs> for the last five years, but there's a great exercise in there that has always stuck with me. And it's, I think it's called like the life chart or the life pie chart. I don't know if you remember doing this, Kevin, where she says to draw a circle and then basically break it up into six pie slices. And one is, um, like adventure slash play. Mm-hmm. One is romance. One is work. One is spirituality. One is, um, I can't remember the other ones, but basically she says to draw a dot, um, in each pie chart of either toward the edge or toward the middle of how much of your life you're putting Mm -hmm. into that area of your life. And so you draw those dots and then she says to connect them and you get to see how lopsided any part of your life is. It's like a really, I think, great physical representation of going, oh shit. Yeah. When is the last time I actually did do something outside of work that was just for fun. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. So I always like that. Yeah. I love that book and the artist date is kind of in that vein uh, too of like totally taking two hours a week for yourself to do yeah. whatever. And yeah. Yeah. Really cool stuff. Totally. I can not about that for a few hours. But I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I know we've covered several tools. Can you tell me like kind of fill in the gaps of any other tools I missed? I mean, I think just in general, my experience is like 
um, focusing on self and like, how do I, you know, my my pre-recovery mind was very much like, I need to find the perfect partner who does all this checklist stuff. And the paradoxical thing for me is like, the more I focus on myself and my own sort of spirituality and growth and all that sort of stuff. And that like graph thing you were just talking about, the better my life is. And then the partner thing just kind of works itself out. Um, That's like the overarching thing for me is like focusing on spirituality and self. And then, yeah, these all like these tools themselves of like moratorium and having the we part of like a community and calling people like all really like helpful stuff. But for me, the biggest thing is just about like, again, it's like very counterintuitive for me. And I like argue with people about it in the beginning of my own recovery. Like, no, it doesn't make any sense. But like, if I just have a better relationship with myself and my, you know, my vision of God, whatever that is, it just plays into this relationship thing in a way that doesn't really make sense, but it just works is, is what my experience. Yeah, is. yeah, totally. And I think um, for me too, uh, I never had a healthy relationship model to me growing up. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. I never really witnessed what a healthy partnership looked like. So there was a lot of codependency, a lot of just self image stuff that I had going on. And, um, a lot of the old partnerships that I were in, like there was not a lot of communication around some of the bigger topics like money, sex, intimacy, like you just don't talk about that sort of stuff. And like, then it just builds into a resentment and whatever else. And so being in a partnership today where like, we can kind of speak the same language almost. And we have like monthly money meeting check-ins to just be like, Hey, this is kind of what I'm working with. This is what's going on. Or, you know, even early on in dating, um, that takes so much trust to just Mm. be like, uh, here's what's going on. And like, (laughs) yeah, you know what I mean? And just starting those conversations early on in dating to get like familiar and more comfortable as you kind of go through the stages of dating and to the point of being engaged and getting married and, you know, kid topics and stuff like that. It's so helpful for me to have these conversations early on with no expectations and just being my true self talking about however it is I'm feeling about it. Yeah. yeah. The thing I'll add too, is just uh, what I found is that when I started working these tools and actually keeping the focus on myself, this stuff, like, you know, like I said, childhood trauma, whatever it is, like comes up and it's uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. It's painful. So like, I think, you know, my pa- pattern in the past was to look to my partner for comfort or reassurance and really learning to like take care of my own needs sort of thing. And, and really, you know, they use the term reparent myself as well. Mm, yeah. and, and it just in very broad strokes to just like have a, bunch of compassion for yourself and yeah. not, to, not to be too advicey, but like no, this stuff sure. is going to come up in relationships and like, don't beat yourself up. And I, and I did, and it doesn't work. So, like, <laughs> so just having all the yeah. compassion for yourself you can, is just, uh, you know, a really important point, I think. Yeah. You guys, I think set such a great example of the benefits of having hard conversations early and frequently, because I think, um, a problem, a lot of couples run into is that they don't have those conversations until it's too late. And then they're trying to work backward and, um, you know, then go to couples therapy when these are resentments that have built up for years and years and years. And, um, I I just think the way you guys go about things is so brave. Like you said, Rachel, to bring up those tough topics like money and sex and intimacy and just start to get as comfortable as you can with, talking about them because 
yeah, it's, I, I just think you guys do a really good job of that. Thanks. And, and it's also never too late because like our like story as far as starting some of this stuff so early on in the partnership is abnormal, believe it or not. Right. Right. So, like, we witness other couples like that have been married for 20 years that are just now working on this stuff, like over the right. last year or two. And that it's, it's hard work when you have that history um, yeah. of, you know, you already have a pattern of communication, fighting styles and stuff, but that it's yeah. actually, it's not too late to start mm. making those changes. Totally. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> this is, I mean, I'll say this in the intro too, I'm sure, but this has been one of my favorite episodes. Uh, in a really long time. This, I just, I hope this is helpful to our listeners because I don't know how it wouldn't be, but I just, I think you guys are great. Thank you so much for opening up about, um, your relationship and the things you've learned. And Kevin, you mentioned that you are open as well to helping people if they want to reach out. So, um, I'll put it in the show notes, but do you want to also just like say yeah. how people can reach you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'll put my email in the, in, or I think you've got the email in the show notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, as you noticed, I, I spoke about 12 step stuff kind of generally, but if anyone has like specific questions about like what programs or actual, just any questions around relationship stuff or addiction, all that sort of, I'm totally happy to talk about that. And, and uh, yeah, I would happy to be, to be a service in that way. So thanks. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this. This is so fun. So fun. Yeah. Love you, a real Kelsey. pleasure. Big Thank fan. You. Love you, <laughs> <laughs> I love you. all the helpsters and all that. You know, I've listened to quite a few self-helpless oh. episodes. What you guys are doing is so great. Thank you. That means a ton. Um, all right. Well, I will talk to you guys later. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. 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 Okay. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview and conversation with them as much as I did while I was doing it. I really could talk to them for hours and hours. And I feel like they're a couple that we could keep having back on the show. If you listeners write in and want anything specific that um, maybe they could help with, let us know. Like we mentioned, Kevin's email will be in the show notes if you guys want to um, reach out, if you have any more specific questions for him as well. We've got an iTunes review of the episode. This is from Kate. It says, just do it if you're reading the reviews to see if you want to start listening. I'm going to save you some time and tell you that you should just listen to it. <laughs> what a great review. I love it. Just a little light peer pressure. Thank you very much, Kate. What an awesome review. I wish I could just pin that one. You know how like on, uh, it's not on Instagram that you can pin comments and stuff like that. I wish I could pin that review. So that's the first thing people see because... I think it'd probably help get uh, more listeners, but yeah, thank you guys for, for listening to the show. Um, go to KelseyCook.com, get those tickets for tour dates and yeah. Thanks so much. I will talk to you guys with Delaney next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the self-helpless podcast. You can find our Patreon community merch and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at self-helpless podcast so we can repost you and say thank you. 